0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of Tuba, and the Gospel today was from Matthew chapter 2. And in the Gospel of today, an angel of the Lord, he appears to Saint Joseph in a dream, and tells him, Arise, take the young child, his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And fleeing to Egypt and living among Egyptians is no easy task and there could have been many reasons or excuses that uh, Saint Joseph could have made to the angel he could have said angel you just told me in Matthew chapter 1 that the Messiah he will save our people and now you're telling me I have to flee from Herod? why? And he could have made excuses. Actually, St. John Chrysostom, he says, it seems that the facts are contrary to the promise. The facts are contrary to the promise. But St. Joseph, in complete obedience to the angel, he did what was not easy. He did what was not easy to do, and he fled into Egypt. And it's written that St. Joseph took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod. And the Holy Family's flight into Egypt teaches us a very important lesson that I'd like to speak to you about today. And that is about the time to flee. The time to flee. There is a time to flee. A time to flee. Fleeing from things is part of the Christian life. And we flee not from weakness or cowardice, but actually it takes great strength to flee. It takes great strength to flee. It takes great resolve and great purpose to flee. Our Lord Jesus Christ fled as a baby from this tyrant king. And the Lord fled actually on several occasions throughout the the gospel. He fled in John chapter 6. It says, therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again into the mountain by himself alone. In St. Paul, many times in his preaching, it's written that he fled. It says in Acts chapter 9, just the first few times after St. Paul had just started preaching, they had to like sneak him out of the city and put him in a basket and drop him outside the city walls he had to flee another time when he was preaching to the Thessalonians he had to flee also by night and to to live as a fugitive and ironically sometimes God's people are called to flee as fugitives but we are not fugitives because we are not guilty of crime fleeing is a part of a Christian life Is part of a Christian life Because Christians are sojourners Or Christians are maybe refugees in the world And just as a sojourner will leave a place when adversity comes Christians should flee from the evil things of this world Christians should flee from people who practice evil And those who do not practice Christian ways of life Near the end of every liturgy, the priest, he prays something very nice. He says, "O God, absolve us and absolve all your people from every sin, from every curse, from every denial, from every false oath, from every encounter, from every encounter with the heretics and the heathen. O oh, our Master, grant us, an, uh, grant us a reason and power and understanding to flee until the end from any evil deed of the adversary and grant us to do what is pleasing to you at all times St. Paul, also he makes this very clear in his epistle to the Corinthians he commands the Corinthians he says, not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, reviler, a drunkard, extortioner not even to eat with such a person and the unfortunate reality that we we learn from this verse is not everyone named a brother not everyone named a brother is an actual brother just because someone Coptic or, or is even Christian Does not mean they practice a Christian way of life And we should flee from people who have this cloak on That's why the Catholic epistle of today It says something very interesting It says, little children, let no one deceive you He who practices righteousness is righteous He who practices righteousness is righteous And he who sins is of the devil, For the devil has sinned from the beginning. Sometimes I know our youth, like I can hear what you're saying in your sleepy minds right now. You're saying, this command is not practical. Abuna. this is not practical. I mean, that would just mean I have to flee from everyone. Like I can't be friends with anyone. I'll just flee and live in the desert. That means I have to have dinner by myself every day. And... And some youth might say, well, don't I have a duty to preach to these people and to be like a light to the world and to be salt to, to, the, to the earth? And I would have a few comments for such, uh, such responses. One is that in every place and in every time and in every location, there are people who are true Christians. There are people who are true, true Christians. So don't say, I will have no friends or that... Um, You know, who am I going to hang out with? That's not true, that's a myth That's a myth that's in our brain That only, like, everyone is doing bad If everyone's doing bad, then what are we doing here? There's a church, or... Everyone here is bad? Everyone here is bad? Then what did I... It doesn't make sense Into beautiful people, into saints Keep So that every church has saints And has very wonderful people Find the saints in every church The second thing I would say Is that there is levels And degrees of friendship Degrees and levels of friendship And I would be very weary Of making someone Who is very different Or an unbeliever My best, 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 best friend That would be unwise And would not benefit your spiritual life And I just don't think it makes sense that you would take a believer and unbeliever and put them t- together you would yoke them together how could have, like, you have best friends that have totally different, like, worldviews the only way, I think, that would be possible is if the worldview is of secondary importance and there's maybe other things that are more important that would, you know, unite together but if your worldview is your life Which I hope your faith should be your life Then I don't think it is possible Even many of the youth have told me That their friends Refused to be their friends When they found out That they were Christian And that they don't support things like homosexuality Or they don't support That's what even the secular people Have done to others They say we can't be friends with you If you support this, this, this and this and this So if the secular mind is so discerning, how about we as Christians? Shouldn't we be also discerning? I think we as Christians, we have to be discerning. The third response is to the, the preaching comment. That aren't we supposed to preach to such people? I would say absolutely. But there's a couple things that we need to keep in mind. If we are going to preach, shouldn't we be full of the Holy Spirit? Shouldn't we have an active spiritual life? Shouldn't we, like, otherwise what are we going to preach? Or how are we going to preach? Can a spiritually dead person help a spiritually dead person? Can a blind person lead another blind person? Man, fast. Doesn't work. If you want to preach to someone, then you should be an example to them. But if you live the way they live, what kind of preaching is that? What kind of preaching is that? Preach to them by bringing a person to church, to the Bible studies, to the holy things, introducing them to holy people. That would be the best way to preach to such people. So the first lesson is to flee from people who practice evil, just as the Lord fled from a tyrant king. The second lesson is to flee from evil thoughts. Evil thoughts. I love what the church prays in the annual fraction. We won't say it today, but we pray it so often. We say, every thought not pleasing to your goodness... Every thought not pleasing to your goodness, let it be far from us. Lord knows that all of us were bombarded with so many thoughts. We're bombarded with thoughts of lust, maybe thoughts of pride, maybe thoughts of judgment, maybe thoughts of inadequacy. I don't feel good about myself. Maybe thoughts of low self-esteem. Maybe uh, thoughts of laziness. Maybe thoughts of boredom. Shekrukum, thoughts, lots of boring thoughts in your minds right now. All of these thoughts are devilish, demonic. Every single one of us is plagued with so many evil thoughts like these. And even the desert fathers, they were plagued with all of these thoughts. I love what St. John the Short said. He says, I am like a man sitting under a great tree who sees wild beasts and snakes coming against him in great numbers. All these wild beasts and these animals are coming against me in great numbers. And when I cannot withstand them any longer, I run up a tree and are saved. It is just the same with me. I sit in my cell and I'm aware of all the evil thoughts coming against me. And when I have no more strength against them, I take refuge in God by prayer and I am saved from the enemy. I'm saved from the enemy. The problem with evil thoughts is that if we don't flee evil thoughts, the evil thought starts to grow. It grows into a bigger thought, like a snowball. It just starts to grow into a bigger and bigger thought, a bigger idea. And even worse, then the evil thought manifests itself in evil action. Every evil action begins with a thought I was thinking about Herod uh, This king How did he become so evil That he's going to He wants to slaughter All these children How? How does someone become so evil Just so many evil thoughts And then he even slaughtered his own family This was an evil, evil man How? How does one become so evil? Just so many evil thoughts playing, playing, playing in his mind that aren't controlled. Take, for example, the thought of lust. Lust, Thoughts of lust, they evolve into evil actions like viewing pornography or fornication. Thoughts of envy and pride evolve into actions of slander or murder. Thoughts of inadequacy and low self-esteem evolve into like a semi-permanent depressive state which then can lead a person to to self-harm all of these start with thoughts the longer evil thoughts reside in our hearts the harder our thoughts, our hearts become and that's why it's so important, so, so important not to let the bad thoughts reside in our mind we have to cast them out Another reason bad thoughts are so troubling is that not only do they evolve into bigger evil things, but evil thoughts have a way, this is really dangerous, of replacing and choking good memories or good thoughts. Like the thorns in the parable of the sower... It was the thorns that even they choke the word. It doesn't even allow the good thought to even come in. It just wants to and kill the, kill the good thought. And I feel like many people do not have a spiritual appetite anymore. No spiritual appetite. We can eat all day. But if it comes to something spiritual, nothing. Where's the Bible reading in our life? Where's the prayer in our life? Many don't feel the need for it. Maybe it's because the thoughts and the words are choking what is good in our life and preventing it from growing. Something else even worse than, than, than this, that evil thoughts do, is evil thoughts have a way of removing good memories from our hearts and minds. I was thinking about this the other day, how evil thoughts ruin relationships. Evil thoughts, they ruin relationships. For example, a husband and a wife. Let's say they have some conflict. They all do. And when they have some conflict, what happens so often is they both forget every good thing that the other person has ever done for them. And they focus in on just, just this conflict. And the conflict then creates such bitterness Such resentment That it erases history It doesn't matter that 20 years and we, were and we loved each other Gone Bad thoughts, evil thoughts erases history Which is very dangerous Let's say siblings Siblings They spend their whole life together they love each other, they play together, they, they the whole life together, at the end of their life they have a conflict, and then they don't speak to each other, how? Just evil thoughts erases all the history that you have with each other, you didn't see how, like, this is evil, <laughs> that you can let an evil thought erase all the history, a parent and their kid... Like a parent loves their child, like we spend all our time raising our kids through infancy and through childhood and through all the time. And then in the teenage years, it's like we forget all the good things that our parents do. I'm thinking about this now, I'm already worried about Sophia in the future. Yeah, it's it's crazy that bad thoughts can erase all the history that we have in the past. You get into an argument with someone, you forget all the good things that happened in the past, or all the good memories that they share. That's why it's so important to flee from evil thoughts. So, so important to flee from evil thoughts. The spiritual person is aware of his thoughts, he's constantly fleeing from such evil thoughts. Lastly, the Christian, he should flee. To a place of refuge He should flee to a place of refuge The Christian should flee from evil And flee Flee from evil But flee to God If you flee from evil And you flee to God Then the devil will flee from us Did you guys catch that? If we flee from evil We flee to God And then the devil will flee from us In St. James that's what he says Resist the devil and he shall flee from you The church is an ark It's a safe place It's like Noah's ark The saints are our fortress Saint Mary is like our fortress The church is our fortress This is a safe place That's why in the Agbeya we say You are the rampart of our salvation O mother of God the virgin The mighty and impregnable Fortress Abolish the counsel of the adversaries Transform the sorrows of your servants into joy Fortify our church Defend our fathers Intercede for the peace of the world For you are our hope, O Theotokos Today I want us to remember to flee from evil Really, to flee from evil Flee from people who practice evil Flee from the evil thoughts That are keeping us like choked and choking the word of God in our hearts and and, uh, like erasing all the memories and erasing all the good things that God has done for you in your life if everyone looks very clearly you see wow God is so good he has given us so many blessings in our life I hope everyone has these good thoughts and runs to God and glory be to God forever, Amen. Amen